joining the show is Barry Shuck of Dogs by Nature. Barry, uh, first and foremost, happy Thanksgiving. Was planning on doing things yesterday with you, a, a, light cha- a, a slight change of plans, obviously, as we aired all the games, but uh, hopefully your Thanksgiving was good. Yeah, and today all I've eaten is turkey and gravy and green bean casserole, and I haven't, I haven't even made a dent of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, believe it or not, so <laughs> we, my wife and I, didn't get uh, as much uh, meat as we thought we needed, or well, we got less meat than we should have. So I'm running to oh, get no. to, to uh, get some more um, meat to finish up things tonight because uh, you know we're not just gonna eat, eat mashed potatoes and stuff like that all by themselves. So, uh, but anyways, I, 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 well, I was gonna ask you yesterday. So what? What? And obviously couldn't because we're having you on today. What? What is your go-to Thanksgiving dish? Like, there's the the one that you can have for the rest of your life, or the one that you get to pick, which one is it? Well, growing up, now it's different now, but growing up, my mom used to put a, a bag inside the turkey when it was cooking, and it had what she called dressing. Yeah, you go. call it stuffing, but she called it dressing. Now, they call it stuffing because it, it would stuff a bird, and it would come out moist. It would She would make it homemade. It would have little beet, uh, bits of, like, celery in it or whatever. I don't know what she put in it, but it was the best thing ever. There you go. It's some some good homemade stuff, too. And, and it's always, as long as it tastes good, right? I don't think it matters what's in there. As long as you don't get sick afterwards and, and it tastes good, then then that is all that matters. Barry Shuck joining the sports drive uh, from Dogs by Nature. Well, I ran through some of those games Real quick, Barry, before the hour ended and you were on hold, so 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 you heard it. I mean, three really solid football games, I think, yesterday. I mean, the Cowboys and Giants one got a little out of hand late, but the the I'm glad that all the games were good because sometimes we've get the we've we've gotten these Thanksgiving Day games that that really are not that great, and not that it's bad for television, but when that's really one of the only things that that's on it. It makes it a little hard to watch when it's a blowout, but all three games yesterday were good. Yeah, all three of them. Now, at one time, uh, Buffalo looked like they were going to run away with it. Uh, they went up to a 17-7 to lead. But in the second half, the, uh, the Lions came back. The Lions are gritty. They just have a hard-luck time of, of, of uh, losing close games this season. Uh, they love their coach, um, and – I think they'll retain their coach, even though they've got a they're four and seven, uh, two and four at home. But um, they love Dan Campbell, head coach. But they look like they were out of it. They stayed in it. the The Giants Cowboys game, the Giants were actually winning at halftime, and come out in the second half, and the Cowboys always got a good second half adjustment. They pulled away from them, and once they got a two touchdown lead into the fourth quarter, you kind of knew it was was over. Now. The Giants had a bunch of players on the offensive line and defensive secondary that were out, and I can't think of two positions other than quarterback that if you were to say, hey, where do you not want to miss any players, it'd have to be those two groups right there. And the New England-Minnesota game, that was absolutely phenomenal. I know there's controversy about that that catch um, that they said was not a touchdown and they're calling it. Uh, they called it not a touchdown. I don't know. Uh, you know, they always have the uh, former referee, retired referee, and he he looks at it. He even said it wasn't a touchdown. Um, so I just kind of have to go by what they say. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm along there with you. I mean, to me, it, it looked like it was fine, but you know, it's it 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 seems like every single year we have one of those moments, right, where a, a catch is is not labeled as a catch, or you know, the that that question, what actually is a catch, comes up, and it seems like it happens every year. I don't know if I don't know if there's anything that's ever going to change that. I mean, it seems like the language is adjusted every single year, Barry. I mean, at one point it's you know you have to get both feet in, then it's you have to get toe and heel in. It's like, all right, come on now. Like, can we have a consistent rule where we know going in what the wide receiver, tight end, running back, whoever needs to do in order to get a touchdown? Yeah, and the NFL changes rules all the time, and it's because of either necessity or something has come up, like the overtime rule. Remember, it used to be whoever scored first and overtime right, won the right. game. So they change things as they decide that they need to change things because, see, the evolution of the game is a lot different than what we're playing today. So if I told you that, say, within five years they won't have any kickoffs left, you'll say, no, 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 you got to have kickoffs. Well, why? If, if they're going to kick into the end zone and it's going to be on the 25 anyway, why not just start the game one team at the 25 going? Now, yeah. Uh, you know, a return kickoff is phenomenal. It's a way for a player uh, team to come back. But they decide, NFL owners and the competition committee decide on things that need to be changed for for different reasons. If uh, if they didn't change anything, it'd still be three downs for five yards and we'd be playing with a rugby ball. Yeah, that's right. We would. <laughs> Barry Shuck joining uh, of Dogs by Nature. So, so looking at some of the other things that come from this, obviously the three teams that are in the running for Odell Beckham Jr. are the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Buffalo Bills. What team do you think needs him more? He is visiting, supposedly he's visiting all three of those, and he's going to come to a decision here maybe by the end of next week at some point or in the next couple of weeks and on which team he'd like to join. Is there a team that maybe needs him a little bit more than the others? Yeah, I don't think he's going to go back to the Giants. Even though he is back in New York, and New York is the epicenter of the world, uh, I told you uh, a couple of months ago that I thought he was going to go to Buffalo because he's real good friends with Von Miller. Von Miller's not playing anymore. Um, he might be out for the season. Who yeah. knows? So that may not even be a, a reason. I tell you, if he was smart, he'd go to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, Dallas is going to be on TV a lot. Uh, Dallas has a great record right now. Uh, in the NFC, I know the Vikings and I know the Eagles have better records, but who is a better team right now than the Dallas Cowboys? I just can't see it. So if o o OBJ was to go with them, you know, they've got Michael Gallup, who had a good game uh, yesterday, T.D. Lamb, who has good games and bad games. The Cowboys are a throwing team. They are going to chunk the ball. They're going to uh, run it when they have to. And if OBJ was smart, uh, of course, he'd probably take, um, you know, a small deal and not a long-term deal, probably a deal for the rest of the year. I can't see them uh, signing him for two, three years because they don't, don't really know what they're going to have once he hits the field. But I think the best thing he can do is sign with the Cowboys. Yeah, I think I'm 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 in line with you on if it were out of those three teams. Now the one team I, I don't know if the Rams 
the Rams seem out of the running, but with Cooper Cup being out for the you know five to seven more more weeks or whatever, because it originally was six to eight, but it's been a week since that was announced, so uh, it would be five five to seven. Is there any inkling that the Rams would be maybe needy of bringing him back? I feel like that would be interesting. Or I mean, the, the other thing too is the Rams just I. I out of the Bengals and the Rams, I, to me, I didn't think either team was going to miss the playoffs. Now, the Bengals are in a spot where they're currently in. The Rams are out, and, and the Rams don't look like at all the team that they were last year. I'm very surprised by that. Is there a certain reason why you think that is? I mean, are they just not – just, is Matt Stafford just not as good? Is it play calling with Kevin O'Connell being gone? Is it just the defense not, not being up to the task enough? I mean, is there is there anything that you may – put your foot on here with, with with that with that Rams team and why they've struggled? Yeah, I I, th- I don't think they have a run game. They were trying to get right, rid yeah. of Cam Akers before the trade deadline. They, in fact, they were the first team that said, hey, our running back is for sale after Christian McCaffrey. Um, and they said, hey, come get him. No, There were no takers. They couldn't work out a trade. They didn't trade for somebody to take his place, which would have just put him on the waiver wire. They've got absolutely no running game. So what happens on opposing defenses is they're not even playing the run. So they're playing the pass almost every down. And if you're a defender on the defensive line, and if you're going to bring a fifth body, either a cornerback or a linebacker, as soon as the ball is snapped, you just haul all the way into the back offensive backfield as good as you can and as fast as you can. And not even have to worry about it. they're going to hand off to somebody. And what that does is that puts pressure on the quarterback to throw the ball quicker. So your hurries go up, your pressures go up, your quarterback knockdowns go up, and your sacks go up. Speaking with Barry Shuck of Dogs by Nature, very, very interesting how some of these teams have really struggled and and others have, 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 been, have been right there and have looked very good like the Giants. Um and some of the others, like the Vikings being as good as they have been. At what point, because I know we're, I mean, we're heading into week 12 now of the season. It, it, how, how much will we learn about the playoff race from these games this weekend? We obviously know what teams are still kind of in the hunt and everything. I mean, how big is this weekend in determining the playoff picture for both the NFC and, and the AFC with some of the good quality games that we've got lined up? Well, every year on Dogs by Nature, I do a a playoff watch and a playoff countdown, and I usually start with this upcoming week, the 12th week, because that gives you five weeks. So what I do is I do where the Browns are as far as being in the hunt for a playoff spot, and then I put uh, who needs to lose and what needs to happen, and then I put the top four, the division winners, and I put the next three, and then I put the outside looking in. This year, I'm not even going to attempt to do that. <laughs> the Browns definitely aren't. I mean, they're, they're definitely going to lose to the Buccaneers. So after they lose to Lord Brady, that puts them uh, with only six games left. Now, Deshaun Watson will come back the next game. Can they turn the tide and, and be 9-8? and eight? Sure they can. Is 9-8 and going to be good enough to, to get in the playoffs this year? I don't know, especially in the AFC. Um, all yeah. those teams are, are, you know, it's it's too deep in all divisions except for the AFC South. That's kind of a Tennessee thing. 
But every other division, there's two, and even the AFC East, could all four, three or four of those teams go. So it's going to be hard to go to the playoffs at, at nine and eight. You're going to have to have at least ten wins uh, to get in. Uh, yeah, I think I'm with you there. And the Chargers have got a big one. I mean, they're five and five. They're taking on the Cardinals, and at the moment, for the playoff standing, so teams that have a winning record that are outside of that that top seven, it's just the Patriots at six and five, but the Chargers right there at five and five. And to me, I'm I'm of the same precedent in the NFC as you just said that in order to make it, I, I feel like you're going to have to get at minimum nine wins to make it in. And and I don't know if that's just the way that, I don't know if that's part of the reason the NFL wanted to go to the odd number of games because you're going to have either a winning record or a losing record instead of 500. But it seems like both both conferences are going to come down to nine or ten win teams, and there may be more ten wins than nine wins, and that may be the line. Now, this is the other thing, too, that lo- looking at, at the Browns' schedule a little bit, di- diving deeper into them a little bit since since you cover them, Barry, they've lost six of their last seven, so they've really had a, a tough go of it. They have the Buccaneers, the Texans, excuse me, the Bengals, the Ravens, the Saints, the Commanders, and then the Steelers. I don't know, and I know Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback, but when we've the way, the way that we've seen football this year in the NFL and the parity that's been involved, is there any pressure on on Deshaun to come out and get the team to eight wins or nine wins to try to win all of those games? I know that he'll be relatively raw, but as far as the fan base is concerned and what you're gauging, I mean, is there any pressure on Deshaun to perform well this year? Um, the first thing is he hasn't played in 22 months. So what is he going to be like in his first game? Uh, we're doing an article right now. I'm getting all the writers together, and we're posing the subject. What are we going to expect with Deshaun Watson against the Houston Texans? Number one, what are the fans of Cleveland going to be like? Are they pro? Are they con? Uh, what is the Houston crowd going to be like? That's his former team. We saw the one game that he saw uh, played in preseason. Everybody started uh, cussing at him and having this champ that's, uh, that's vulgar. And I think that's going to be a thing. I think that's going to be a thing in every stadium. It's kind of like uh, when you watch a soccer game and everybody's got a chant or a song and the whole crowd is into it and the whole crowd does it all game. I think that's going to be every time the Browns have the ball on offense. Mm. I think the whole uh, visiting crowd, especially if you got a game in Cincy, in Baltimore, in, in Pittsburgh, um, they're definitely going to be chanting that. So I I think that Deshaun has got to prove his mettle. Um, but, you know, Jacoby Brissett, his, his backup, he's the 13th-rated quarterback in the NFL. He has played lights out. He has been exceptional in games. Um, so it's not like they have fallen by the wayside because of quarterback play. Yeah. The, the Browns cannot – you can run all day on the Browns. They, you can throw the medium to short pass all day on the Browns. At the beginning of the year, they would have receivers wide open. But if you've got the worst running attack in the league, which Tampa has, Tampa is dead last in rushing yards, uh, rushing uh, yards per carry uh, average, uh, runs of 20-plus yards, runs of 40-plus yards, 
and rushes and touchdown rushes. That's the, the Buccaneers are dead last in all those categories. But after this weekend, their running back is going to look like it's going to be a household name. <laughs> Very well could be. Speaking with Barry Shuck of, of, of Dogs by Nature, um, one more thing I, I want to get to with you, Barry, is this – I don't even want to call it uh, – it is the MVP race, but it, it, I don't know if it's it's not it's never too early to talk about it. I know it is week twelve and we're beyond the halfway point, but to me, I feel like the the only guy to really be there's one guy that that is at the top right now, and that's Patrick Mahomes by how he's looked. Is there anybody that that's close? I mean, maybe Jalen Hurts, but but his play's kind of you know teared off a little bit. Lamar Jackson, his play's been solid. Um, but but it hasn't been up to the level of Patrick Mahomes. Is there anybody that is is touching him for this MVP award? I'm going to stick with Tyreek Hill. I I think he okay. is a game changer, and you put him on any team, and he's a game changer. He leads the league still in receiving yards, and that's after Stephon Diggs and Jeff uh, Justin Jefferson have already played, and and Ceedee Lamb they've already played and add to their stacks, Tyreek Hill is still the number one receiver. After all six teams played yesterday, Tyreek Hill leads that. He doesn't have – he's only got four touchdowns, but he leads the league in yards of – catches of 20-plus yards. He is second in uh, catches of 40-plus yards. He is number one in receptions to convert to first downs. I just think he's a game-changer, and yes – Quarterbacks have the bigger stats, and they have a a, 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 a bigger array of stats. You can put uh, attempts, completions, yards, touchdowns versus uh, interception ratio. And, yes, uh, receivers only have catches, yards, and targets. But I just think that he's he epitomizes the best player in the league. Yeah, no, no fumbles either from him. As you said, um, actually, I'm sorry, one one fumble, not lost. He averages 114 yards a game, 20 catches of 20 yards or more. Uh, Jalen Waddle right behind him has 14. I mean, that, that is a dynamic duo right there. And I guess I, that's another thing I want to get to real quick is Tua. Everybody's got opinions on every single player and quarterback, and obviously, you know, the quarterback is one of the most judged positions in all of sports, but... The talk of the town, I think, before the season was, well, is Tua actually the guy for this team? And, and I think there's no question about it. He is the franchise quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, and Mike McDaniel has shown that he believes in him. Tyreek Hill has been very vocal in believing in him, and and, and they both have been so good for them. And Mike Kosicki has the third option, if you will, um, for, for Tyreek Hill, and their running game has been solid as well. I mean, they have a really good squad set up and they're and they're leading the division right now as well Barry so is this a team that you can see making a run at the Super Bowl oh absolutely and now that they've got their defense down and they've got they've learned how to stop the run they absolutely do two elites the league in yards per attempt at 9.1 yards uh, per attempt and uh you know he's in bottom third of ranking as far as that goes, but he's got 18 touchdown passes. His quarterback rating is 118.4. You, you can't, uh, you know, that's a, that's a great number for uh, a guy that really was, they were talking about, well, two years ago, 
they tried to trade for uh, Deshaun Watson. Last year they were talking about uh, bringing Jimmy Garoppolo down there or somebody else or maybe drafting somebody. So it's been a big big turnaround for him. And then, then of course, the team turns around. If you look at the, the top ten of quarterbacks, nine of them are playoff teams. So the quarterback is the, 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 the pinnacle of what your team is going to do uh, on offense. And if you don't have a good offense, you can't score points. What are your thoughts on the situation in Zach Wilson? And you you mentioned Jimmy G, and that my thought immediately tailed to to how he could be the 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 guy for the Jets potentially next year. I mean, there, anytime, and he apologized for his words, but to be asked a question, I mean, it was a layup of a question. They gave him a layup at the rim, nobody around. Hey, do you feel like you left the defense down? And he said no, no, and left it at that. I mean, that is the absolute worst answer to give. Uh, players were pretty ticked off at him. He ended up giving an apology, but I, I don't. I, I know the an apology is an apology, but I don't know if that's a good apolo- a good enough apology because when you say that and then you got the rebuttal and then you apologize after it, it, it stands out a little bit to me. Yeah, it absolutely does, and and you got to be accountable for that. Um, I don't think that the 49ers are going to let go of Jimmy G next year. I really don't. I, I think that the 49ers are going to be the dark horse in all these playoffs. Yeah, they're, they're what, like 6-5, and five, and they've lost some games that they should have won. But they're, they're a very strong team, and they're going to surprise some people. I would not be surprised if it's the Cowboys and the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. And if so, I just don't think the 49ers are going to let go of the, the quarterback that is stuck with him, as long as he stays healthy. So right now, if you were to say Super Bowl prediction, are you going Chiefs Cowboys? And I believe that, that that is what the analytics say is that that that's the most likely matchup at least. Or are you going Dolphins Cowboys? Would you, would you venture to go that far? No, I would have to say um, 49ers Cowboys in the NFC Championship game, and I you can't. You can't discount Buffalo, and you can't discount Kansas City Chiefs. And, um, you know, it's going to be hard because you've got Buffalo, Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Kansas City. I don't think the Titans are going to – I don't think they got a strong enough defense. Yeah. Those are going to be the final four. And, you know, I think it's going to be a coin flip. I mean, last year, would you have picked the Titans to regress and the Bengals to do what they have done? Even the Chiefs started out bad. Um, the Baltimore Ravens missed the playoffs completely. So it's going to be hard to say, but those are going to be my finals. Um, it's going to be hard to be, bet against the Chiefs, though. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. The, the way that they look, and Travis Kelsey, is, is tra- real, real, real quick, I guess this will be a, a quick hitter, and then, then we'll get to an idiom if you've got it, Barry. Uh, is Travis Kelsey the greatest tight end of all time? Uh, no. Who no, would you put there? he's not. Um, I think you'd have to go with Tony Gonzalez of the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. And understand, in the origins of football, they didn't really start throwing to the tight end until the 80s. I, I yeah. got to interview Whitey Tittle years ago, and I said, your tight end didn't have any stats. He said, well, in my day, in the 50s and 60s, the linebacker tackled the tight end. So I never threw to him. And so that's just how the game has changed and evolved. But Tony Gonzalez leads in career yards career catches, and he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I just think that you have to start there. 
Antonio Gates was a great player. Yeah. Uh, undrafted player. Played for the uh, the Chargers for all those years. But um, I'd have to go with Tony Gonzalez. All right. Uh, do, you, do you have an idiom for us today? Uh, I'm going to tell you how Thanksgiving games began. All right. Um, it, instead, uh, the first NFL game that was played on Thanksgiving Day was November the 26th, 1925. That was between the Bears and the Crosstown Chicago Cardinals, and it ended in a 0-0 zero to zero tie. Now, the reason that they played on Thanksgiving was the Bears had a game the Sunday before, and they also had a game uh, two days later on another Sunday. But on Mon- uh, the, the weekend before, the college football season ended, and the University of Illinois uh, All-American Red Grange signed with the Bears on, on Sunday. And so they made a game for Thanksgiving Day so there'd be another payday. There we go. Love it. And Thanksgiving Day games have been such a tradition ever since. And I know they were honoring John Madden and everything like that as well yesterday, uh, uh, unfortunately passing away. Um, But, you know, it's cool what the the NFL does. And, you know, they've even involved Christmas more often as well and and most certainly going to involve it again this year and, They've been doing Thanksgiving for a long time, and we, we certainly love that and enjoy it. Barry, um, enjoy the weekend. Pleasure talking to you as always. We will be in touch next week to to recap some of these games and anticipate uh, or talk about the anticipated return of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and I think the games of the week and the AFC is going to be Cincinnati at Tennessee, and the NFC is going to be Green Bay at Philadelphia. Yeah, two really, really good ones and uh, implications there. Barry, thanks. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, Anytime, my friend.